Hi friends, Logan here, one of your co-hosts, and I am so excited. We're going to get very spooky with you today, and we are going to talk about some of our event horror stories. So before you might turn off, if you're someone who doesn't like scary stories, I promise none of these are truly scary, more scary to an event planner in that kind of a context. But in theme with what we normally do every week is we are also then providing tangible tips about what we would do differently or lessons learned so that you can avoid having horror stories like a couple of these experiences that Mary and I have had either at events as attendees or as event hosts. Before we get into it, I do want to remind you, we are hoping to grow this community. So if you like what you're listening to, please share this podcast with a friend of yours or leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We are in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as Google Podcasts and a couple other places. So feel free to share this episode and help us grow the Better Events community. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. It's spooky season on the Better Events podcast. I got Mary to laugh. Gotcha, girl. <laughs> I'm trying to hold uh, it in over here. <laughs> I, I'm Logan, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events podcast, and we're very excited to put on our warm up our witch's brew and put on a, a skeleton mask or something. I've got some pumpkins here with me if you're watching us on YouTube some tiny little mini pumpkins. Um, we're definitely going to play to the season of spookiness and talk about some event horror stories. But before we do that, I do want to, my opening question for you, Mary, I was inspired by the uh, Burn It All Down podcast. That's all about, um, it's women hosted and all about sports, but they had this as a fun question on their latest fall sports roundup, where they said, if you had unlimited artistic abilities, what would you carve on a pumpkin? My immediate thought was a unicorn, but I've actually done that before. So I feel like I can't say that. I feel like I should say like, oh, like starry, starry night, like the the painting. Is that that's right. Van Gogh, right? Yeah, sure. You could do that, I'd on, do a that on a pumpkin. If that I have, you be... said if I had unlimited yeah, ability. I should say more, you're not limited by your actual artistic ability. Literally, right. well, then whatever you wanted what to put on do. a pumpkin, it would look flawless. Yeah. Okay, that's the answer. What about you? I came up with this question, or I heard this question, <laughs> and I still have no idea what it would be. I have like very not super artistic, I, but right now my brain is saying dumplings. Like I would like to put dumplings. like a steamer, <laughs> a steamer basket with dumplings, and that was what I would like carved into my pumpkin. But that could also just be because I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, I love that. I'd like to see a good dumpling on a pumpkin. Yeah, you know, it'd be fun. It would just be something like, <laughs> those are two things that I wouldn't put together. And yet it looks so great because I'm not limited by my current artistic ability. Exactly. Yes. Love it. Okay. Cool. Well, we are excited about the topic today. It's October. We believe, you know, that we can all learn from experiences that we've had with events. And so it's time to get down to it and talk about some fun slash terrible stories and lessons learned about events. So you'll, we're just going to take this whatever way. We're going to have a fun, open conversation today. 
share some learnings with you, but also some, you know, just event horror stories. So here we go. Yeah. And keep in mind, these are events that we've either done, we've attended, maybe we know of someone who attended, but yes, like Mary mentioned, I think this is all said with kind of a little bit of humor in it where we we're going to recall some, some tough <laughs> events, some horror stories. But again, I always think you can learn from those horror stories. And that's why we kind of remember them probably is because we learned something from that experience. So there are learnings in here as well. But if you will join us with your pumpkin spice drink of your choice or your witch's brew or your Halloween candy that you've already started eating, even though it's not Halloween yet, we're going to dive in. And if it's okay, Logan, I would love to start with the story. This is from an attendee perspective. I'm so excited. Hit me with this. Okay. So I have to set the stage. So this was, this happened recently in um, a a couple months ago. Uh, We were in Germany and we were at an event. And so I'm just going to set the stage about the event and then tell you the story. So uh, I'm excited to talk about this since I was an attendee. And now I feel like since we're in events, going to events now is just like, the best but sometimes the worst too because <laughs> I can't help but try to figure out how they're doing things or like analyze the crap out of it and so here's the story um uh this event was called uh Pangea and you can look it up if you want but it does take place in Germany like their most of their websites in German and stuff like that so you could look it up if you want but um basically it's what I like to call a really hippy dippy festival. It's like what I imagine Coachella would be like, but I've never been to Coachella, so I don't know. But um, so maybe if you've been to events like this, you're going to be like, Mary, this is just how it is. But for me, it was an experience. And so I want to share that with you. So um, to further set the stage, so this event takes place at a former Soviet military base. And there's still like old boats and airplanes and things like that just like there and so it's this weird environment, like these old warehouse buildings with nothing in that. It's just like this weird, huge piece of land. And of course, okay. there's like lots of forests and, you know, grass as well and things like that. So it rained all weekend. So we're outside. It's a camping event. Everybody's camping and they were expecting at least 15,000 people. And so wow. for, especially for during COVID, this was like a huge event. And um, typically they have more than that. So this is a pretty significant event. People come from like all over Europe to go go to it and they have a ton of activity. So it focuses in a lot on like sports. So you get your ticket and you can go do like wakeboarding or skimboarding, which by the way, this is why we were there. Um, My husband skimboards. I've talked about it before. And so we were there to to skimboard for a competition that they were having there. And we were kind of hosted to be able to go to this. Usually we wouldn't be in this type of environment, but we were. And so you're not a festival person. That's crazy. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> no, I mean, aspects of it were fun. So I'm not ripping into this event. I'm going to, I'm going to share some, some good things and some bad things, but, um, so that's the stage. This is, this is what it looked like. And so, um, Things were extremely complicated there. And part of it was, I think, because of COVID. And so every single day you had to get a COVID test, like a rapid test. And so you would go to like their testing area and get that test. And before you could enter the actual event, because the event was like inside of the camping or like you camped and then you would walk inside to the event. So before you could get inside, you had to have proof that your test came back negative. And so honestly, how they did the COVID stuff was actually really impressive, especially with that large amount of people. It was just a lot of wrangling and I can appreciate how they did that. 
But the issue is that sometimes the tests took like a long time to come back. Just like for some people, they were unlucky and it just took forever to come back. And so every um, guest got a like a wristband that had a chip on it. And that was like your ticket. That also was your form of currency. And so I'm like all over the place right now. And this is how I felt when I was actually at the event. And we couldn't figure out anything. And of course, like we tried to talk to people. Um, There there was like nobody there, though. There was like no event staff we could ever find, like ask questions to. And part of it was probably like a sort of a language barrier, too. Like we just couldn't get answers to like anything. And the people that we were there with were like, this is just how it is. We come every year and the event actually doesn't get fully set up until day three because the event's three days. And so like we're there the first day and we see them building stuff still, like not everything's (laughs) set up and it's just crazy. But just to like try to further paint this picture, this event is huge. And so like the fact that they're still building stuff, there's still a ton that you could be doing. Um, like you could as a guest still go experience but as you're walking by you're like seeing them like sawing wood and like stuff like that and um, so like I said I'm all over the place here but so we couldn't get into the event um, until our COVID test came back negative the issue with this is that we had been driving all night to get there and we weren't really prepared so we didn't have any food and so um, (laughs) we get there And we're not allowed to get into the event, which means we can't go buy food because the only places to purchase food are in the event. So, okay, finally, our COVID test comes back negative. We can enter. We try to go get food because we're super hungry. And then we learn that um, that's at the point we learn that you have to use their currency. And so we're like, how do we exchange our money for their currency? And I don't mean euros. I mean, like the festival's currency is called like Pangea something and so we go to their bank that they have there which is not a bank by the way it just looks like this hut and we ask them if we can exchange money and um their credit card machines were down and we didn't have any like euro cash with us so we had to go talk to friends and like exchange money so they would give us euros so we could go back to the bank so i went back to the bank and then um we uh what happened then? Something happened. Oh, and then our chips on our wristbands weren't working. And so they couldn't put the money on our card. And all this is such a problem because we couldn't buy food without their currency. We tried to go give those people working at those food booths cash. And they were like, nope, can't take it. And I was like, please just take my money. They were like <laughs> following the system. And <laughs> so anyway, this whole thing was like a really terrible first day experience because we were like, I'm literally going to die here. Like we were in like survival mode at this point. And I was like talking to the people at the bank. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like I need to be able to get money on my card. And so um, as an attendee, it was just like a really, really bad first day. And so it was crazy. Um, And the rest of the days, the event, you know, further got built out and ended up being pretty fun. And there was so many like different weird activities you could do. Like, just so many things they had like yoga and like macrame and then they had it was like on the water so they had like these water slides and they I mean like I I could go on and on they had thousands of activities that you could do so it was pretty fun um but like the lack of customer service being able to find someone who worked the event was incredible like so hard to be able to do that and so that just like the whole time I was like 
can you guys just like hire me like right now and I'll just like be the person who answers questions because I'm sure I'm not the only one who has this problem. But most people there were like a lot more chill than I am. I was like pretty high strung. So that well, you were hungry. Awful. That I was that, hungry. Like, you know, yeah. lesson learned. Always have snacks. Always, yeah, <laughs> seriously. So um, and the one other thing I'll say is that this place is far away from like it was next to like a tiny little town, mm. but you couldn't like easily walk back into town and so transportation in and out wasn't really possible especially with covid testing so once you got there you had to basically stay so that was really difficult um but now i want to say some things that they did well so the food once we were able to eat it was very good so good for them that was great i ate a bunch of nutella crepes i remember that those kept me going um their bathrooms they had so many bathrooms which was so great actually i was a little worried about that and they all were um like porta potties, but they call them toy toys there. But not just those; they had nicer ones too that were like, um, I I've seen them at other events. And I'm not quite sure how to describe them, but they're basically like trailers of bathrooms, and they're nice. Yeah. yeah. And so that was super appreciative. And the people the people who I did see working there um, were the people who were like janitors and things like that. And so they were cleaning them a lot, and that was also awesome because it was muddy and we were outside. Um, so I really appreciate the bathroom part of it. They also had showers, which was awesome. They're the same types. They're like the, the bathrooms I'm explaining, but they are showers. And so that was nice yeah. too. Um, and they do this thing where if you collect your garbage and give it to them on your way out, like per bag, you get money back from your ticket. Like it's interesting. They're like encouraging like less waste and things like that. And so I appreciated cool. that like sustainability piece. So anyway... I feel like maybe you had to be there. I don't know if I did it justice, but it was crazy. <laughs> My event mind was just like exploding. I was like, I can't believe what we're experiencing right now. But kudos to them. It's a big event. Probably hard to pull off. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that I would count that as an event horror story. We want to encourage you, our listeners, to also start a podcast if you'd like. We do our podcast through Anchor, and it has been amazing. It really streamlines the process as far as pushing out episodes. It pushes them to the major podcast platforms. It's how you're listening to this right now. And so it's also a great landing place for a general web page for our podcast. So if somebody wants more information, we can send it to them. So if you're interested in recording your own podcast, we encourage you to use Anchor. So make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.f. FM. That's anchor.fm to get started. There you have it. All right, Logan, you're up. I'm going to stick with the international theme. So this, this event horror story comes to you from Shanghai, China, where I used to live. And um, it was a setting up for an investment summit at a hotel, a very nice hotel in downtown Shanghai and um, had done events there before. So it felt really good about it. And they told us our load in was uh, we could start loading in for our conference that started at 7 a.m. the next morning. We could start loading in at like 10 p.m. at night mm. because there was another event happening the night before that was going to end. So as we by 10, break everything down, and we could start setting up overnight. Our production folks would be able to get in. And we'd swung by and could see the big setup that this other event had done in the ballroom. They'd had rigging with lighting and all this fun stuff. And we were like, oh, okay, that's a lot. That's going to be a lot for them to try to break down in. Um, in this amount of time, we have to be back really early tomorrow. And my role in this was, I was more kind of like a production assistant. So I wasn't leading the project, but, um, I was very close friends with the lead of it and I was staffed to work the next day. So we done a little drive by and then I was like, all right, I'm going to go, go home and go to bed. We have to wake up really, really early to be there and have guests in by 7am. And I think I'd laid down in bed at like 11 
and my phone rang like 10 minutes later from my friend who was running the whole thing going, you, I cannot believe what I'm seeing right now, uh, but you need to come back to the hotel. I, 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 or she was freaking out about it. And I was like, let me come back. I'll come, come over with you. It's like 20 minutes from my house. Go back to the hotel. They did not break down at 10. They had probably just started breaking down when she'd gotten there and she was freaking out because it was taking a long time. As they're breaking down all the things, we start finding like chicken wing bones and like (laughs) nails and like all kinds of things all over the rug of this hotel ballroom. And again, keep in mind now it was like by that time it was like 1230 because we couldn't do much when the team from the other event was in there, but we could just kind of look around by the time we were able to get in. It, yeah, there were chicken wings. There were things, and we couldn't, like your problem, Mary, we couldn't find anybody to help us because it's the middle of the night at this hotel. And they had like one cleaning lady in there for a massive ballroom that could probably fit a thousand people. And she's got a broom and she's just trying to sweep. And I was, and me and my friend are both like, we are, no, it's never going to get done. Like it'll never, we'll never get cleaned up. We're still finding their screws. Again, chicken wings, like clearly the team that had done the breakdown had like eaten chicken wings and then thrown the chicken bones like on the floor versus putting them in the trash can. So she and I literally grab brooms and just start sweeping. And she's got some grainy photo of me at some point of like me in a far corner, <laughs> just sweeping. Cause we're like, it's not going to get clean by the time our vendors come in to build out their booths. By the time our client comes down, they were coming down at like 6am and we ended up pulling an all nighter getting this cleaned. And we finally got a hold of some hotel staff who also pitched in, but we were literally sweeping and like picking up nails and chicken bones and things with our hands to get this space ready to go by 6 six thirty, and the doors opened at seven and I was in charge of all the speaker wrangling for all the presentations um and so I we didn't get a lick of sleep that night we were up the whole time prepping getting everything set so that we were good to go by doors opening I worked registration I then speaker wrangled and I was joking that like around 3 p.m the following day after I pulled this all-nighter I was sitting in the ballroom listening to a presentation I grabbed my next speaker we were just kind of sitting to by the side of the stage and I was just looking out over the audience and I literally remember texting a friend being like, I'm pretty sure I can see the heat coming off of people's bodies as they sit in this room listening to this presentation. <laughs> I was like, I think that means my brain's tired. <laughs> my gosh. Uh, and we ended if- up, we'd gotten, we'd gotten uh, milkshakes for dinner the night before at this like burger place. And we went back to the same burger place after, after the event. And we're like, we're getting another milkshake. And the guy who took our order was the same guys the night before. And both of us were just like, we have not slept since we last saw you. And that was yesterday. <laughs> The guy just kind of was like, oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> like, took but your milkshakes kept us going. <laughs> the, the milkshake was great. It was delicious. It was just as delicious going home. And then I, I passed out because it was pure adrenaline from this horror story of literally us both being like, there were like chicken, again, very nice hotel in Shanghai. Not a very, not a little like DIY venue. This was like a premium hotel. It was awful. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would never look at chicken wings the same again. <laughs> chicken wings nails i just I, I will say my lesson learned from it i always ask better questions now about what's happening yeah. in the space before us because a lot of clients don't want to pay you don't want to pay to rent the space you're using the day before your event but sometimes you need to or you need to have actual clarity into what their setup is or what you know how long it's going to take to to break down because no we did not have ample cleaning time built into our timeline when we thought we would be able to build out the show overnight yeah Ooh, that's crazy. That would be so stressful. And I was just thinking like, while you're looking out, while the event's actually taking place at the audience, it'd just be like, 
you you never knew what happened last night. You would never know. Oh no! <laughs> it's I have photos crazy. from that event where I'm smiling yeah. and you know handing people their materials as they check in. And I yeah, again, I'm like, you guys sometimes that analogy that I like to use of us like we're like ducks on water or swans that I was like we like mm-hmm. coast so clearly but vigorously paddling under the water like that's the part of it that I'm like if only you knew the fires we put out last night yeah <laughs> oh my gosh ah high stress this 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 topic is amazing and I'm also stressed out about it because I'm like what would I do but it's, it's lessons learned you have to it have is. these stories yeah. like because yes. again you you learn from them totally I feel like we can't talk horror stories without getting like super like relevant in the virtual world and talk about Zoom. And then for me, talking about breakout rooms. Now, let me just say, I really like using Zoom. Like I think it accomplishes a lot of things people are looking for. So I'm not like trying to say anything bad about Zoom. Um, I'm so here for this horror story. Keep going, Mary. <laughs> it's not even a good story, really. It's just like I have learned the hard way too many times to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm putting my foot down on this. And that is Zoom breakout rooms. And um, pre-signing Zoom breakout rooms, let me be specific. Um, The capability of breakout rooms in Zoom is awesome. But when it comes to pre-signing, I just feel like there's way too much room for error and it's more than I'm comfortable with. And so there have been a couple of different events where I've had two separate issues with Zoom breakout rooms. And (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's really terrible. So if you've had a similar experience, actually, I'd love to know. Am I alone? I need to know. Um, But basically, just what happened is uh, we had a a larger event. And so we wanted to pre-sign everyone. And so that's the steps that we were taking were, you know, in the back end of Zoom and the Zoom portal, you, when you schedule your meeting, you can set up those pre-sign breakout rooms before. And so um, that's what I did. But I think I missed something when I actually came to the event, like, Oh, this is what happens. So not everyone comes to the event on time, typically, right? And breakout rooms are at the beginning. And so I've since learned, like, maybe push breakout rooms until later on in the programming um, because only, like, half the people were there. And so when I pre-assigned the breakout rooms, only half the people were actually assigned. And so that left the other half who still needed to be assigned. But that that didn't work. There wasn't capacity to, like, assign people that quickly. And so I either should have waited or you can, like reassign which then takes everybody out of the room then you have to like reassign but like in the moment when this was just supposed to take like a minute you know that was extremely stressful and I was with Logan's brother on this event so I'm appreciative of him for keeping cool because I was like oh my gosh this is terrible so unfortunately I learned a hard lesson during that event um but I am glad that I I did learn it and um then Zoom breakouts have caused me problems in a recent event too. And I don't know what happened. There's some setting and like, there's some master setting in Zoom that I'm actually still not sure of. This was a, a recent event. And so I need to do more research into it. I think it's actually the setting where when you schedule a new meeting, if you use your personal ID for Zoom, you can set it. So every new meeting uses the personal ID, which means that it also uses the same settings. And so if you change one meeting, it changes all of them. And so this was a shared Zoom account. And so I've also since learned that when you're doing an event, if it's for a client and you're using their Zoom, make sure nobody else is like using it. (laughs) So another event separate from this got scheduled and they changed the setting, which then changed all the settings during my event, which like what I'm trying to say is we were on a different platform. We were transitioning to Zoom after. And so while we're on this first platform, I learned that all the settings got completely whacked out. 
including part of my pre-signing breakout rooms. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So I had to go through and change everything real quick. But luckily, like it was caught before anyone had to transition over. So it looked like everything was perfectly fine. But in the back of my head, I was like, good to know. Don't don't use that like that same ID over and over again or it's going to change it for everyone. So anyway, I could talk about Zoom forever, but that those are two ones that I was like, this is terrible. Well, again, with breakout rooms, it can easily, yeah, it can easily go from from amazingness to horror story because it, I think it people don't realize how much harder it is because that's one too. I always is like pre-assigning, yeah, you can upload them in the back end. That's so great, but it's not linked to your name; it's linked to your email address. And so yeah. many people register for an event with one email, and then their Zoom account is list is linked to another email address. And yeah, that preloading is it's useless. It's when it when you do it that way. But I, I hear you. That is, <laughs> yeah, that's one that thing hard, that I like. Especially virtually when you're alone. <laughs> I know. The blood rushing like, to your face. I don't of, have like, enough this is taking capacity. So yeah. I, uh, that's one thing I now am I'm pretty firm on for events. When somebody comes to me and they want that, we have a serious conversation about the reality of what could occur. So <laughs> we've learned that lesson for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I always, if you want something sorted, I had a similar situation with an 80 year old's virtual birthday party. And this was in the early days of the pandemic. And uh, 80 year old Zoom are still always, a, will always be a challenge, but they were particularly challenging. And we were trying to sort people into rooms based on where they knew the birthday woman from. And it, chaos. It was just chaos trying to get 75 <laughs> people into rooms who couldn't unmute, could mute couldn't mute, didn't know where the chat box was, <laughs> tried to have side conversations in a room of 75 virtual people. It was, it was really fun. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the more time you can bring yourself, the better, or just do the whole random Zoom's random breakouts is, is a great way to get around that. But yeah. Well, my next horror story is a lesson I learned, I guess, on the client management side of things, I'd gotten a, an event that was supposed to just be a couple hours um, was the contract because they just wanted a very simple setup in Zoom. It was going to be a little um, like presentation and some Q&A and a presentation from a speaker for an uh, outside speaker and then an internal presentation and then Q&A. And I made the mistake of just accepting that before I'd even met the client. I was just like, yep, okay, cool. Only a handful of hours. No problem. Turned out they were very hands-on and they needed a lot of hand-holding, a lot of meetings, a lot of back and forths. Um, and even then they still had wires crossed of what they wanted versus what was told to me. And so it just kind of blew up in my face, both on a time perspective, because I had gotten paid based on the estimated hours. And I spent probably five, six times that on the actual event to pull it off. And then at the end of it, the client's expectations had been based on what they usually do working with someone else and not with working with me. And that also kind of blew up in my face. So my my horror story would just be, or my lesson learned from the horror story was to be a little bit more discerning to the projects that I say yes to. And actually, even if things that say, oh, it's only this like really short 45 minute, one hour virtual event, like they actually take a lot more time with pre you know, pre-planning and like pulling it off to the level that your client's going to want it. So that definitely played a part now in how I estimate projects um, and estimate my, you know, you know, the amount of effort on my end that I'm spending to make sure that the event rolls the way you want it to as the client. But it was, it's still, when I still cringe inside at the whole thing because it was just a lot of time <laughs> and then the payoff didn't even feel that great, unfortunately. So. Yeah. Uh, at least we live and learn, right? It's like, 
<laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, or whatever. It's that that type of situation. Yeah, yeah. I I'm another one okay. that you and Let's I were it. part of. Oh, okay. For a virtual conference we did last year, where we were on the platform, sessions were rolling. All of a sudden, I hit refresh on my computer, and the the page won't even load. Can't even load. Can't even get onto the website that where my virtual event is being hosted. Luckily, I'm on headset, like a virtual comms app with Mary and my other producers. And they're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything looks fine. And uh, the client's texting me being like, some of them are like, "Every, I can't get on the platform. Everything, it's not even loading for me. And then a couple of people are like, what are you talking about? It's fine. I'm in this session. And we came to realize uh, something happened with the platform, virtual platform server, which we later found out they caught fire. They are based in New Jersey. We're in Washington state. And uh, they caught fire. And the part of the server that caught fire was part of the the piece that hosted our event. Not the whole thing, just a piece. Just the like, here's how you access the website piece. So we just slowly learned, don't touch anything. <laughs> I told all my producers in there, including you, Mary, I was like, don't hit refresh. Don't go back. Just like sit in your <laughs> sit in your session. Tell your, just keep acting like everything's normal because it's only a user thing. It's happened to everybody who was just trying to access the platform. And then we just had to send hundreds of, we got hundreds of inquiries from people being like, your platform's down. I've checked this. I have internet, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what's happening. So we had quickly draft up, you know, apologies and just kind of bear with us while we were talking with the tech team from the platform. And they were luckily able to get it up and running within, I think we were only down for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. But again, in virtual world, that felt like hours. And but this event was long. This was like this was an all day, day all day, multi-stage, yeah. like multiple things happening at once event. And this happened yeah. probably within the like second or third hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it got fixed. And, you know, at the end of the day, the client was like super happy. They were very proud of how we handled it. And we were in like constant communication with them and the platform, just trying to make sure everything was okay. But I was like appalled because we'd spent months planning for this event. We'd done tests. We'd done all these things. And then for something like that, where like a server in New Jersey caught fire and that impacted my event, I was, I was like embarrassed. I didn't think to think of it, but also I was like, I wouldn't have known that unless that happened. And now anytime I talk to virtual event platforms, I ask them if they had any outages and where are their servers based and do they have any redundancies? Like if something breaks, uh, they have another, you know, a different server somewhere else that would pick it up um, and what their response time is to emergencies purely because of this horror story. Yeah, I've been in calls with you too where that question is asked. And so I think we all learned a hard lesson that day. Like who knew that you'd have to ask that question, but you do. And and I've noticed platforms are always surprised when I ask it too, but I'm like, no, no, we need they, to know. They clearly don't get it that often. And I've yeah. had a couple of people are like, uh, who who wronged you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you know that something this specific is coming from personal experience that I was like, yeah. never again, I will ask. <laughs> it's a good lesson. All right, Mary, hit me with another horror story. Okay. I So back in from the in-person event days back in the day, <laughs> um, I feel like there were, were a handful and I'm trying to think through. I'll just say a quick one. I, I've learned many times. Um, actually, I should say I learned one time in particular, actually, that I really needed security. And I'm not going to go into details because it was not anything that occurred at the event. It was uh, a person issue. And later on, we had to get like the police involved and things like that. And so like the event itself went fine, but based on this experience, I I learned and I wanted to have kind of like our backs in the future. And so I was said, okay, from here on out, we're going to have security at any in-person event that we do. We're just going to cover our bums a little bit. And so (laughs) 
um, I did. And um, the next year we did this event again, the same event. And um, there were just like the no issues. And with the, with how the event was set up, there was potential for some issues, but there were absolutely none. And I think it's just because we had like the presence of security. That's what I like to tell myself. But um, yeah, that's not like a really good in-depth story, but that's a lesson I did learn is like security at events. That's something that I really push for. Typically, I enjoy having that. I think it's important. Um, and then another one that kind of goes along with that is I did have an event that I had a neighbor call me because my phone number was on the website for the event and they were yelling at me during the event. Why did I answer? I, I think I answered because I thought it was somebody else. And um, they were like, like yelling constantly and I could not talk him down as hard as I tried about us being loud. And um, I mean, this is where I'm like glad that we're, we we're, it's important to be permitted, right? Because just like if, if anyone did come, we were doing everything that we were supposed to and allowed to be doing. And also like the, the local police knew this event was happening. And so like everybody was on board except this neighbor who was just livid. And so that was not a fun experience, <laughs> but <laughs> that just is what it is. That's customer service right there. So yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like a common theme as we kind of like wrap up our stories is like, customer service is really important. How you make people feel is clearly things that we're remembering, you know, and having backup plans. Again, we've said it on the pod. I know I've said it on this podcast before, but like the whole point of having a backup plan is so that you don't have to use it, whether that looks like physically security or an extra Zoom account that you could make it a link on quickly or the ability to put people randomly in rooms versus a sign, you know, just thinking through and talking through those scenarios ahead of time helps you avoid being added to our event horror story list. <laughs> exactly. And I wouldn't say like, I'd love to hear if there was an event that was like 100% perfect. I feel like we can always choose something that we can grow on. Maybe it wasn't terrible, but there's always some piece of growth that could occur. Um, but so celebrate your wins and then take those opportunities for learnings and grow and use them moving forward. And we'll do that along with you. Yeah. Well, there's always something you can learn. From. I, or at least the events I'm drawn to are ones I know I can learn something from. And yeah. as we talked about it, Mary, like both of us, you know, yeah, we, we, we strive for perfect, but also we get to showcase our skills when things, you know, don't go totally according to plan. That's not saying that they are, they're a horror story, a disaster, but like, yeah. that's where you, you know, and again, and I guess another, my other tip for avoiding it would then also be good people. So having the right people in the right roles that you know are going to tell you as soon as something's happening or are able to, you know, calmly do something. I always say we put out fires, metaphorical fires, but that it, one of the special skills for like really good event people is always like, do they have event chill? Meaning, and I, I mean, that is like, if the world is kind of on fire behind them, that they could calmly talk to somebody who wants to know where the bathroom is or something like that, or needs a login to something. Can they still be calm and personable and treat that person with respect despite other challenges going on? Um, and sometimes you don't know that till you're actually in an event. And if you're an event person that's like, wow, I hate that. That sounds awful. Then maybe events aren't totally for you. Cause again, like Mary said, it's rarely goes perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So now I believe it's time for our bonus tip, which Logan has today. Yes. Bonus tip time. My bonus tip this week is to schedule a retreat for yourself, especially talking to you business owners out there right now, whether you're a team of one or a team of a hundred, um, taking that time to like actually block off time on your calendar for big strategy, long-term, whatever planning that you need to do. 
this is something that I, Mary and I put into practice a couple weeks ago for our podcast. We actually did a podcast retreat day where we physically got in, gathered in person together and we recorded an episode, but we also did some like really big processes, planning, mapped out some stuff that was like things that we all knew if we gave ourselves time, we would do, but unless we'd carved out a whole day for it, I don't think they would have gotten done as quickly or as efficiently as they did. So this is something I'm about to implement for myself with like my company so I can think long-term strategy. So I just want to encourage you, even if you're an employee who works for someone else, if annual reviews are coming up, this is just something that's fun for you to sit and block off a couple hours of your day, go somewhere nice or don't go anywhere, but just like make yourself a nice cup of tea or something like that. And really like sit and think big, big strategy, because I don't think we do that enough for ourselves. Love it. Thank you so much, Logan. Ah. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning in again for our episode today. If you'd like to follow us and find us, you can on Instagram at Better Events Pod or send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And just thanks so much again for listening. And we'll be back with you again next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.